okay, it's time to get you right. It's the legal lens with Angela Redock Wright. KBLA Talk, 1580. Every Saturday, 11 a.m., baby. Bringing light to law. Hit it, educate, engage, and empower you all. Leading attorneys, policy makers. No fake in history in the making. Come on, let's go. It's time for the legal lens show. Come on, let's go. It's time for the legal lens show. Come on, let's go. It's time for the legal lens show. Come on, let's go. It's time for the legal lens. It's time for the legal lens. Go, 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 go. Hello, KBLA Talk 1580 listeners. This is the first weekend of April 2022. And you are listening to The Legal Lens Show with Angela Redock-Wright. And I am none other than Angela Redock-Wright. And I'm so happy you're joining us. We come to you every weekend. And our goal and our mission is to bring law to light each Saturday and Sunday by bringing in some of the top legal minds, policymakers, and influencers to help dissect, dissect some of the legal and policy issues of the day. We broadcast to you live each weekend from Lamert Park, USA. Part of the famous Crenshaw District, if you haven't been here, is definitely a place you need to visit and make a part of your regular Los Angeles outings. Um, you can follow us each week, um, daily, honestly, at I am Angela Redock Wright on Facebook and Instagram. And there you'll learn more about our show and who our guests are and our topics, but also some of the broader legal issues that we see in the news and facing our community. So definitely would love to, to see you follow us would love to get your comments about the show, your ideas about other shows and, and things that you want to talk about because the entire purpose of KBLA Talk 1580, which is a 24-hour, seven-day-a-week, all-black-focused um, radio sh- uh, radio station, and the focus of the station as well as our show Legal Lens is to bring to you topics that are important to you um, as our listeners. So please give us your feedback. Let us know what's on your mind. We would love to hear it. And of course, today you can listen to us. Um, maybe some of you already dialed in to 1580 AM and you can listen to us on your radio or what I like to do when I'm at home and I'm listening to other KBLA hosts, I'll just simply tell Alexa, Alexa, play KBLA 1580. And of course, you have to be connected to an app such as TuneIn to do that. But you can definitely get us loaded up on your Alexa and listen to us very easily. And of course, you can also download our app, um, which is KBLA 1580. And that's really a great option because you can listen to us anywhere at any time, no matter what you're doing. And I know on Saturdays, you're out running your errands, you're doing chores, you're out working out, you're, you know, having a a fun Saturday or Sunday. Um, And so you can take us wherever you go and download the app at 1580. And we encourage you to download the app because usually there is is an incentive, there's a prize, there's an opportunity associated with downloading the app. In fact, last Sunday, we hosted our first KBLA Women's Brunch in honor of women's history. And our guests were some of the women who listen to our our station on a regular basis and who, guess what, downloaded the app and had the opportunity to join us at the Women's Brunch. So a shout out to those ladies that joined us. It was so great to meet you, get your thoughts about the station and our different shows. We cannot do this without people like you. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Give us a call. Today we are talking about 
the Oscars and not about the incident, but we're going to go behind the scenes and talk about some other elements of the Oscars, the Academy Awards, and most importantly, talking about diversity, equity, and inclusion um, at the Academy, in the Oscars, and more broadly in the entertainment industry. And if we have a few minutes, we're also going to touch on the Grammys, which are airing um, tomorrow from from Las Vegas. So give us a call. We love to get you a part of as a part of this discussion at 1-800-920-1580. That's 1-800-920-1580. So for our show today on Oscars and diversity, equity and inclusion, or what we also call DEI in Hollywood and the entertainment industry, we have two great guests, two women that I just absolutely love and admire and just watch them and the things that they're doing every day um, to help bring light to law and just light to our world in the work that they do. And that's none other than um, attorney Nyanza Shaw and Christine Simmons, who is the chief operating officer of the Academy. We have Christine on the line and Nyanza is here with us in studio. And before I introduce them, I just want to hear a hello from them and see how they're doing. So we'll, we'll start with Nyanza. Nyanza, how are you today? Good morning. I'm doing great and I'm happy to be here. And I'm happy to have you here and you're looking quite wonderful and fashionable. I noticed that part of your style is like you like a nice casual cool dress with um, the latest in tennis shoes, right? <laughs> I like a sneaker dress combo, but I also like dressing up. But I think, you know, we're, we're getting back to that so I can uh, break out my heels more now. <laughs> yes, yes. And she always has a fabulous haircut. Um, definitely follow Nyans if you want to see the, the latest in um, fashion in terms of shortcuts and color. She always looks great. And Christine Simmons, you're on the line I can't see you but I know wherever you are you are fabulous right now how are you today good morning good morning and it's so good to be with you I'm sorry I can't be there in person but um like a lot of moms I have a basketball tournament happening with my my young ones so I I missed last weekend because of all the festivities I didn't want to miss this one so but it's so good to be with you and uh in honor of Nianza I actually have some kicks and a dress on so you know we're (laughs) great minds that's awesome (laughs) apparently I'm the one that did not get the memo I'm in slacks and a, a blouse here. But Christine, that makes my heart so happy that your priorities are exactly right um, being with your son today. So we especially just thank you for um, taking time out and at least being willing to call in. And in fact, I'm really surprised that I was able to get both of you ladies in because the the last weekend for you, Christine, and even Nyanza, who works in um, film and television as well, I know um, it was a big week, obviously, for, for both of you. And then Nyanza also does music. So when you both said yes, I honestly was very surprised and considered it such a, a win for our, our show today. So um, we're almost at our first break here. But um, before we go to the break, I, I'll just I'll let you know, I'm going to introduce them both more formally when we return. But just to highlight some things from our week, we always like to bring um, highlights, some interesting things from black history. Um, so this week in history, um, on March 31st, 1931, Cap Calloway recorded Minnie the Moocher, the first jazz album to sell a million copies. That's amazing. And then this week, we also celebrate the birthdays of Tracy Chapman, who was born March 30th, 1964. Marvin Gaye, born April 2nd, 1939. 
Um, Eddie Murphy, born April 3rd, 1961. And April 3rd, 1888, Ma Rainey, who is really known uh, Mm -hmm. for that that show, Ma Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. And she is known as the mother of the blues. So just some black history facts and information to inspire you today. And as we come forward, we are going to continue our discussion, our jump off our discussion on the current state of diversity, equity, and inclusion in Hollywood. And as an example of that, talking to Christine about the Oscars and what the Academy is doing around this work, and then talking to Nyanza about the work she's doing in film and television and the music industry. So stay tuned. You're tuned into KBLA Talk 1580. This is Legal Lens with Angela Redock Wright. More of Legal Lens with Angela Redock Wright. Helping you see legal issues more clearly when we come forward. You are tuned into KBLA Talk 1580. That's legal. This is Legal Lens with Angela Redock Wright. And yes, you're listening to none other than Stevie Wonder, the great Stevie Wonder. Um, that was Sir Duke. And we always ask our guests um, when they're joining the show who some of their favorite artists are and favorite songs. And so today's show will be featuring some of the favorite artists of our two guests, Christine Simmons and Nyanza Shaw. And um, Christine noted that Stevie Wonder is one of her favorite artists. So there you go, Christine. Um, our first song <laughs> Thank you. For I, today. Was, I was in here grooving. I really was. Oh, good, good, good. <laughs> Although we're all talk, we love our music. You know, black people, we like our music, right? So we're going to talk and keep it fun all at the same time. So we are talking about diversity, equity, and inclusion in Hollywood and the status of that and using as a backdrop for that discussion the work that the Academy is doing um, through people like Christine Simmons, who's the chief operating officer of the Academy, and the work like that people like Nyanza Shaw is doing, who is an executive um, in the film and television industry. So let me tell you a little bit, a quick little bit about both of them, and then we'll get into our discussion. So Nyanza Shaw, she serves as the executive vice president of Scripted Business and Legal Affairs for Free Free Mental Media of North America. In this role, she oversees all deal-making, can I say all deal-making, capital A-L-L, pertaining to the development, production, and financing of Fremantle scripted series and new media content produced for the U.S. Prior to joining um, Fremantle, she was the owner and managing partner of Shaw Esquire for over 20 years, representing talent, content creators, entrepreneurs, businesses, and founders in the areas of entertainment and business law, intellectual property, sports, technology, and media. Of course, um, you'll see with Nyanza and Christine, they both uh, subscribe to that saying that to whom much is given, much is required. So, of course, Nyanza is very involved outside of her daily work. She's the past president of John M. Langston Bar Association. Shout out to our fellow Langston Bar Association members and she is also on the board of Reading Partners LA and our girls Enrich and volunteers for many other organizations. A graduate of Mills College and UC Hastings College of Law. Um, Let's give a virtual hand clap to Nyanza. Woo woo! All right and we also have Christine Simmons also just an outstanding um, leader in our community. Born and raised in Southern California. Christine is a true California girl Uh, She was named to the position of Chief Operating Officer at the Academy of Motion Picture 
Arts and Sciences in 2019. The first, the first, and I'm sure not the last because she very much believes in mentoring and, and helping others to um, get to where she's been. But she was the first woman and black person to hold the position and she is holding it down. She is responsible for the day-to-day -day management and enhancement of the Academy's internal organization and infrastructure. Basically, she runs all the behind the scenes operations that helps to make the Academy successful. And um, particular to our conversation today, she leads the first ever Office of Representation, Inclusion and Equity which will lead is leading and supporting internal and external initiatives to broaden the aperture through which excellence is recognized. Um, Christine is also very involved in our community and um, I know her as a fellow UCLA Bruin. She's the former president of UCLA um, Alumni Association and um, she serves in many other capacities mentoring and helping to bring up the next generation. So let's hear virtual applause for Christine Simmons as well. Woohoo! All right. So, um, Christine, let's get started with you. Um, we saw in the 2016 and 2020 kind of the hashtag of, you know, Oscars um, so white that gave rise to a real movement um, by the Academy and other organizations in Hollywood to um kind of advance and step up, accelerate efforts to um, diversify um, in Hollywood. Tell us about um, what the Academy is doing in this regard and kind of your role in connection with that. Sure, sure. And and the one, one of the things that people don't understand about the Academy is that it's this huge village of people that, you know, are coming together uh, to figure out the best ways forward. Yes, and, you know, in, in 1516, there was Oscars So White, um, and immediately the organization said, okay, let's look at what we can do to affect change. And, you know, they immediately looked at how can we um, diversify the membership base, because those are the ones that are voting for, for the nominations, if you well. And then how do we also diversify our leadership and our board? So there's a, a board of 54 people that govern the organization. They're all members of the academy. Um, and so there was a very intentional effort to diversify those that, that board as well. Um, and we know that those are all key things that have to be done. And so that was the A2020 initiative. And the goal was to uh, double the number of women and those whom identified as people of color or the, those from ethnic um, or multiracial or you know, uh, historically underutilized uh, populations is what I like to say now. Um, and and we met those goals um, and exceeded them in, in some regards. And so as we came up on a twenty on 2020, the year 2020, um, and, and again, I had probably been there, you know, shortly less than a year um, as we were coming up on the, on the end of that initiative and looking to say, okay, what's next? How do we go, you know, deeper and farther and wider? The murder of George Floyd happened. And so the Academy realized, you know, not only do we need to um, look at our initiative, again, because we were going to do so, but how do we accelerate progress? Again, how do we go deeper? How do we look at it more holistically? And, you know, the Academy is where, you know, at the end of the movie-making process, 
is where movies come, and that's where you see the nominations. At, at sometimes the peak or the culmination of one's career, that's when people come and try to, you know, and, and become potential members of the Academy. So what ends up happening is we're not getting far enough ahead in the process. And so we wanted to look at it holistically, not only that which we control, but also that which we influence. And we realized also that we had to be very transparent um, we had to acknowledge the past. We have to hold ourselves accountable and, and have those hard conversations. And so throughout the organization, um, we began those conversations, whether it was our series um, called Academy Dialogues that launched out of our member relations department um, initially with Lorenzo Minos and Sean Finney, um, and then carried through also with an amazing lead of my digital content strategy with Merrill Johnson. You know, these were really hard-hitting, candid conversations with our members talking about all of the different intersectionalities, whether it was being a black gay man, whether it was being um, feeling like you're being erased as a Latino or a Latina in Hollywood, whatever the issues were, and it was a beautiful series. And that was just part of it. We knew that we also had to walk the walk, whether it's supplier diversity, whether it's whether where we're directing our um, all of the money in our portfolio, and we actually, actually redirected almost $200 million. Where are we banking? Um, what does the production of our show look like? All of these things are the things that we can control. So how do we influence that? And then finally, the bigger picture of Hollywood at large, right? How do we work to help create more opportunities so that way people have the credits that they need in order to become a member if they so choose? And then probably most visible is our inclusion standards for best picture. And those inclusion standards were meant to look at both uh, representation and inclusion in front of the camera, but also behind behind the camera because we know that there's lots of ways to make a movie. There are so many beautiful tools that these artists can use in their toolbox and we wanted to make sure that they have the opportunity and maybe a little encouragement to use as many of those beautiful tools to make the most beautiful stories possible. And so um, we we implemented our inclusion standards so we're in the first, uh, this is the first year of just collecting data um, in about a, uh, not the next season but the season after that is when folks will actually have to meet a threshold of that representation so, so again, a very holistic approach that, and and it also is one, and I'll end with this, that really means we have to create relationships and community with everybody in the industry. We understand, you know, those of us in these communities don't necessarily have a great relationship with the academy. Didn't even know that we the academy wanted them, or that this is a place that that their art is is needed and desired. And so that very intentional connective relationship has been an ongoing thing that we do year-round, um, again, out of our member relations department who have been very intentional about creating these authentic relationships. And, and our Office of Representation is there to serve as best practices. I'm still holding each department accountable, but Janelle English, who leads that that organization, that that particular office, is there to say, okay, here, here's some tools, here's some best practices, here's some goals, here's how we're going to measure it, and let's do this together. So it's this beautiful, beautiful um, amalgamation of amazing people behind the scenes, the leadership of our board who is stand strong in this, regardless of any um, you know pushback that folks may have, um, all the way to unconscious bias training, and it and it's how do we operationalize the good, and that's kind of what I've been focused on. Wow, Christine, um, you all are doing amazing work, and it definitely sounds like you have a, a very serious strategy in place, and the idea that you're at the helm of helping to lead that is amazing. So you kind of mentioned a word that actually 
you know, put into mind the, the next question I was going to ask you about pushback. So, um, you know, I work in kind of HR, diversity, equity, employment law in the work that I do every day. And I know that, you know, even with the best plans and strategies that sometimes there's pushback within an organization or external to an organization that makes it challenging to really carry forward a DEI initiative and plan. What, um, what would you say has been some of the, were some of the challenges of trying to move forward these, you know, very, um, you know, accelerated strategies around DEI? Sure. I think, um, you know, first, we're in a business of art, mm-hmm. right? Art is expression. Art is people's, like, hearts literally out on a screen. And so when you get into matters of the heart and of, of artistic expression, you know, you definitely don't want anyone to ever feel like their voice is censored. And so that was part of the pushback that we sometimes got, was that people felt that we were um, uh, scripting or prescribing that which artists what stories people could tell. And again, we wanted to reiterate that, no, not at all. We just want to make sure that all artists are uh, able to tell their stories, that we indeed broaden that aperture of excellence, because sometimes that lens is just focused in a little bit too narrowly, narrowly, can't say that word. And then, and if we widen it, what beautiful, beautiful stories could be told outside of just that narrow lens. The other part of it, I think, and it's a, it's a, psychological and societal thing is just the feeling of, of, of fear of loss. And so how do we make sure that we continue to discuss all of the beautiful opportunities that are created for those that might be sensing a fear of loss and, and, and push through that with love, but push through that fear of loss to help them see that, no, you're not losing it all. In fact, it probably will enhance that which you already have and that which you're trying to do. So I think that's the spirit from which um, some of the pushback came. Of course, you know, there's always going to be those that have their way of thinking because they haven't been exposed um, and, and have lived, you know, lives that are or somewhat um, in a bubble. And so we want to continue to immerse and expose them um, and educate them. And then finally, I think, you know, really starting with a foundational language of, you know, understanding where how, how we got here. I often refer to, like, for those of us who are parents, you know, when your toddler is asking, well, why? And then you ask again and you tell them and they say, why again? Well, often when we're talking about representation and why things are how they are, that why question has to continue to happen until you continue to go back to the beginning and understand why this was started this way in the first place. Is it the curriculum that's being taught in film schools? I have the honor of knowing a few folks that are actually creating, you know, classes that are required curriculum on inclusive storytelling from the very beginning. So those are the things that we want to look at because so many of our um, qualifications for excellence is based on, you know, a very westernized uh, viewpoint of what excellence is, the written word, urgency, individualism. And, you know, so many other cultures see excellence in different lights, and it isn't quite those values. And so how do we continue to open up the language and the dialogue so people can see the opportunity and not the loss? Yes, yes, I love it. So, Christine, I know we only have you for another minute or so, but um, based on everything you've said, how, what can you point to in terms of statistics or numbers to show us how these strategies have actually uh, shown an improvement in the numbers in terms of diversity, equity through the Academy and in Hollywood? We have about a minute before our heart news break here. <laughs> 
Sure, absolutely. <laughs> well, first, the show. I mean, can we just talk about this beautiful, inclusive, yes. celebratory show that where it was just merely, it was the acts of joy and the acts of success just happened, that happened to be by people of different backgrounds and representations, intersectionalities that caused such a huge ratings jump from last year, right? It wasn't pointing out, it wasn't a political statement. It was merely the performances and the excellence and the, the success and, and the brilliance behind the camera and in front. So, so the show in itself, those stats of ratings, and, and I will say the highest rated moment was Troy's acceptance speech when he mm. won uh, for the movie Coda. Yeah. That was the highest rated moment of the night. The inclusivity with people with disabilities that you saw on the show those moments can speak. I had someone come up to me who has been a strong supporter of, of pushing through with the Latino representation. And she said, I saw, I felt seen for the first time ever. Christy. Oh yes. That was a great place to, to stop for now. And Christine, I know you have to go, but if you have like, two minutes following our break just so we can close out that discussion that would be great if not i'm sure, sure. nyanza can step in and help us uh continue the discussion you're listening to kbla talk 1580 this is legal lens with angela you're listening to the all-new weekend lineup of enlightening encouraging and empowering talk shows exclusively on kbla talk 1580 we've got a lot to talk about you're tuned in to KBLA Talk 1580. This is Legal Lens with Angela Redock Wright. And that was Jay-Z with Show Me What You Got. <laughs> and that's another favorite of our guest, Christine Simmons, um, song <laughs> artist Jay-Z. Uh, so, Christine, um, you I know you have to get going, but maybe just in a minute or so, help us to close out um, the discussion we were having right before the break about this year's Oscars being an example of you know, the work that you all have been doing to help bring forward diversity, equity, inclusion in with the, with the Academy and in Hollywood in general. Um, you want to close out that thought and tell listeners if there's anything they should know about the work you are doing and how they, as a community, can access opportunities. Oh, thank you for that. And yes, I mean, from again, from the producers with Will and Will Packer and Shayla Cohen, you know, being an all black producing team all the way through to our governor's ball. Um, and we partnered Wolfgang Puck with Ghetto Gastro on the food and catering side. Like we literally tried to look at it from top to bottom. How can we infuse representation both in front and behind the camera um, and then we also saw it in in the winners and nominees from quest love and summer of soul to queen of basketball and all of the other beautiful Encanto and coda and just so many amazing moments for all of our various communities so so that was fantastic but it is year-round we have um, we have an internship program targeting um, those from underrepresented communities that want to um, you know really understand the various crafts that are associated with filmmaking we have a women's directors fellowship that you can apply for and get money to support your your journey as a, as a female uh, filmmaker. We have a screenwriting program. We have, you know, our student academy awards. So everything from when you're aspiring and emerging to you know the relationships that we're building within our member relations department for those that've been in the business, all the way up to our board of directors. And so we're really looking at how we can influence it. I think my message is. 
we, if this is something that you want, we want to make it as accessible um, and and easy and equitable for you to be a part of as, as humanly possible. And and you said it, or the the last uh, segment, they said, you know, progress over perfection. Um, and I think that absolutely is is what we're focused on: learning, listening, and progressing, regardless. And and you know, one of the things I love to say is keeping our foot on the gas because it doesn't stop. And and so we have to make sure that this impact is again operationalized uh, beyond beyond me, beyond anyone else in the organization, because better stories will be to all the good stories will be told. And that's what we're after. Excellent. Christine Simmons, thank you so much for joining us as Christine Simmons. She's the chief operating officer of the Academy of Motion Pictures, um, which produces the Oscars. And we thank you so much for the insights and definitely look forward to having you back. And you're welcome anytime. And enjoy your son's basketball game today. Thank you so much. Have a good one. You too. So we're going to have attorney Nyanza Shaw help us continue this discussion. Again, Nyanza is first a good friend, someone that I just adore and just so grateful she would take time out on a Saturday. Um, She's the executive vice president of scripted business and legal affairs for Fremantle Media, um, their North American operations. So um, Nyanza, before we jump into what you're doing at Fremantle, um, I know you wanted to add to what Christine was saying about the Oscars and where we are in general in terms of uh, taking diversity, equity, and inclusion forward in Hollywood. Give us your thoughts. Yeah, I especially wanted to just commend Christine and the Academy for their efforts in this space. I think what happens is a lot of times with an organization that has so much history that the membership tends to lean on tradition sometimes, which can be limiting. And so to push forward through that and really understand Um, And I'm so glad Christine mentioned, you know, some of the other programs that they do, because obviously there's a big light on them during the Oscars. And this year's Oscars had so much diversity in front of behind the camera, but they do have all year round programming. And um, especially in the last few years, their efforts in terms of inviting diverse members to join the Academy um, has 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 been exceptional. And I just wanted to commend their team for for all of their efforts. Yes, totally agree. So tell us, you play a key role um, and you're someone who greenlights and a decision maker, which we don't uh, see often enough, but we're certainly starting to see it more. You're with Fremantle and before that you had your own um, law firm representing artists and content makers. So tell us about Fremantle and the work you're doing there. So at Fremantle, it's really exciting because their scripted department is a department that is growing and scaling. And we are not only, you know, producing things in North America, but internationally. And so it's exciting to come into this team and see the types of progress that um, they are making, not only in growth, but also in developing diverse content and being very um, cognizant of the types of deals that they're doing uh, with people of color, um, with women, um, content creators, producers, etc. And so, you know, I haven't been there that long, but I'm just really, really excited. And part of the reason I chose to leave private practice and even go in-house and join Fremantle was because of the efforts and the things that I saw that they were already doing and wanting to do in their growth in the scripted area. Um, so it's it's really, really exciting to be there. And um, prior to the show, we had a chance to talk about some of the types of shows that Fremantle produces. And I didn't know they're one of 
like the leading game show producer, right? And they produce American Idol. Yeah, just so our listeners can relate a little bit more, tell them about some of their favorite shows that you all produce. Absolutely. So Fremantle is a huge company, so they do a lot of different things. Um, on the scripted side, uh, which is the part that um, I am most involved in, they produced American Gods, which was previously on Stars. They produce uh, Mosquito Coast. We're currently producing the second season of that. Um, and we also just closed an overall deal with Angelina Jolie to bring in not only scripted content on the film and TV side um, as a director and producer. So she's really going to be able to lend her voice to some of these projects. Um, and then on the unscripted, which a lot of people are more familiar with Fremantle, is that, yes, they produce everything from Family Feud to Let's Make a Deal, um, all of those you know, game shows, popular game shows that you guys know, as well as America's Got Talent and American Idol and have been doing that for years and also um, control the formats for those shows in the international markets um, as well. So, And the show that we both agreed that we enjoy watching, uh, Fat Tuesdays, right? Which yes. Is, is it on Netflix or Amazon? It's on Amazon. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so one of our companies that was uh, recently acquired before I got to the company's original productions and they focus a lot on docu-series and one of their docu-series that's out now and I highly recommend not biased at all um, <laughs> is Fat Tuesdays on Amazon. It's a docu-series about the comedy um, history of Fat Tuesdays which was at the comedy store hosted by Joe Torrey and, and, um, back in the day and so yeah it, it's just done so well that I, I, I just enjoyed it but I'm also proud of it that it's something that came from our company. Right, right. So Nyanza, one of the, the reasons I'm excited to have you in studio is because you've been on both sides. You've been representing artists, content creators, etc. And now on the inside where you have the power to green light projects. Um, when you were representing artists, content producers, what were many of whom are people of color, right? And women, mm-hmm. um, what were the challenges that they experienced and still do experience in terms of trying to get to companies, get their projects to company like Fremantle? What are the, the biggest barriers that the big production companies and so forth should be aware of in terms of bringing diverse talent to the table? Well, I would say that, um, and let me make a correction, because that's actually Guy Tory. I always mix up Joe and Guy. <laughs> Guy Tory hosted Fat Tuesdays. I do not want them to have issues with me. Right, um, right. That being said, to answer your question, we're actually in a really good space where, yes, there, as Christine mentioned, we have to keep our you know foot on the pedal <laughs> going. Um, but I do believe on the television side, um, that there has been a lot of progress because there's so many amazing talent that have their own production companies. Um, I'm talking about the Issa Rae's, Lena Waithe, Michael B. Jordan's, who are creating content that is outside of like their starring talent. So Lena Waithe obviously produces like The Shy. Um, Issa Rae produces like Black Lady Sketch Show along with her show. And so I think that those types of talent that are now coming into the marketplace that are creating content, but also producing and supporting up and coming writers and up and coming creatives is really how you make that impact because they're using their leverage um, in the industry and their own success to then walk people into the door, right? So there has been a lot of challenges in the past for creators in the film side and the TV side to really get their stories sold, which is the big part, right? So it's like the story can't be told unless it's sold. (laughs) Um, And so... You know, 
to be able to then have someone who is more established kind of make that connection has been a big difference in seeing more of those stories get to screen okay. for sure. Good, good. A good place to take a quick pause. Stay tuned. This is KBLA Talk 1580. Legal Lens with Angela. More of Legal Lens with Angela reddick Wright, Helping you see legal issues more clearly when we come forward. And that is Usher with You Remind Me. Usher is one of Nyanza Shaw's favorite artists. So thank you, Nyanza. And um, we are talking to Nyanza Shaw. She's the Executive Vice President of Scripted Business and Legal Affairs at Fremantle North America. She has had the great benefit of representing artists and now being on the inside of a company that greenlights projects. So Nyanza, you gave us some insights from you know, your viewpoint of representing artists and what some of the barriers have been. Now that you're on the inside, what are some specific steps that a company like Fremantle takes to really diversify or create opportunities for diverse artists to to be a part of the company and part of the work you all do? I think what's important to mention is that in terms of this whole conversation, right, sometimes you need to see the diversity on the front end in order to then um, encourage it on the back end, right? So with the Academy, yeah, we can watch an award show and see that there are diverse people winning awards, people working on the show, and then it goes to the membership of that organization. So when people then see that, and you're at home as a creative saying, oh, okay, that means there is a place for me. There is a way that I can get into this space. Um, And then when other people see the success of that, They're also looking at like a company like my own or other media companies, production companies are saying, okay, we want to bring in those diverse stories. And sometimes in order to do that, we need to increase the diversity of our executives and folks working at the company. And it's all this like full circle kind of, you know, system, especially in this business, because we want to perpetuate what we see. Right. So once we see the success, then that encourages people then to go back and say, okay, well, let's let's have some more meetings. Let's give some people more access. Let's bring more people in to make these decisions about the types of stories that we are acquiring and that we want to tell. And so it is important, you know, for not only creators, but also businesses to understand that it does come from the executive side as well, right? So increasing that diversity is just as important because those people are going to be the people to say, oh, this is a valuable story that this creative is pitching to us. And sometimes being on the other side and representing creatives, that was the hardest part. You're going into a room with someone, sometimes several someones that don't have a connection with the story that you're trying to tell. Mm -hmm. So they don't necessarily see the value in it. Right, right. You know, now with people like you at the table, you're but one example of helping to to bring that perspective. Exactly. And so, but when they see the success of that, then they can go back and say, okay, we do need people in the building, as they like to say. We need people in the building that can make those decisions and bring those stories to light and and green light those things. And so that's the push on the executive side, on the creatives to say, and I mean creative executives, to say, okay, let's look at these other stories. Because it's not, you know, again, it goes back to kind of that tradition. It goes back to kind of, you know, being... um, Christine said, you know, kind of like just in a pocket of what they've always done. Right. And so it goes in this circular thing where it's like, hey, we have these great ideas, 
But if you're not understanding that they're great, that's really where that, that barrier had been. Because once they come out, they're having this great success. Um, and I always like to say, it's like, you can't have a successful project that is led by um, diverse people, whether it's people of color or with this this movie Coda, which I, I happen to just watch Saturday night as recommendation. And it's beautiful. If you yes, haven't seen it, is, it the it focus is, is on um, children of death adults. And it's a beautifully done picture. So until you see that and you see that perspective, again, it just opens your eyes up to the possibilities of the different types of stories that not only can be told, but that can be successful. Yes, excellent. And we are so happy that people like you are now on the inside helping to drive these discussions. So we're talking um, the explosion of diversity, equity, and inclusion in Hollywood as represented by the Oscars this past weekend. And um, attorney Nyanza Shaw has been here to give us insights from someone who's actually on the inside greenlighting project. So stay tuned for with us for our last segment. We're going to close it out with attorney Shaw giving some advice to you budding artists out there and content creators who want to know how to break into the industry. Stay tuned. More of KBLA Talk 1580's all-new weekend lineup when we come forward. And that is all the stars with um, Ja with Kendrick Lamar, another favorite artist, Ja, of our attorney that's with us today, Nyanza Shaw. So, Nyanza, in our last minute here, um, what advice would you give to budding content creators out there that may not be connected to Alina Waith or Issa Rae or someone else? How do they start to get their foot in the door? I think whether you're in Los Angeles or any place else, you have to lean into the story that you want to tell and and be, you know, committed to that creative process in this space where you can make a movie on your iPhone, <laughs> you can make a movie and put it on YouTube. It doesn't, you know, have to be the first thing that you get is on Netflix or Amazon or et cetera. And so kind of leaning into just being creative and making things and putting it out there and getting feedback and continuing to grow. And if you're further along, I think, of course, it's very, very important to get representation, to have you have, you know, some help in navigating through the process of building those relationships and having meetings with producers or agents or companies that can help you, you know, really get to that next level. And so those are two things I think is really important, but you, you have to lean into your creative. Yes, yes. We're definitely going to have to bring you back. And I think I'll bring you back with our good friend, Lawrence, um, also an inter- uh, entertainment attorney. And we're going to open up the lines when you come back and just let folks really ask you all, how do you get representation? Because it's hard to actually get representation. Absolutely. That would so be great. There's really so much more questions. to talk about. But thank you to Christine Simmons and Nyanza Shaw for helping give us some insights about uh, recent efforts around diversity, equity, and inclusion in Hollywood, and um, definitely appreciate the work that these ladies are doing. Please join us next week. This month is Autism Awareness Month, and so next week we're going to bring in experts on special needs law and advocating for special needs children. And next up after me is Urban Wellness Now with Cynthia Cynthia Brooks, who always has great guests and topics. And so a shout out to Samuel L. Jackson, actor Sam Jackson, who won the Lifetime Achievement Award 
from the Oscars, from the Academy this week. And he said in closing, if you have an opportunity to use your voice, you should use it. So use your voice, folks. Use it for all the right things. Thank you for tuning in to KBLA Talk 1580 Legal Lens with Angela Redock Wright. And it has been my honor to share a few stories and legal insights and policies with you today. Have a great weekend, folks. See you next week. KBLA 1580 Santa Monica.